What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Shut Up. Keep going. I'm Sadie Goodman. I'm Kate Franklin. And this is a podcast where we explore our our internet curiosities. curiosities. <laughs> Every time we do that, I'm like, God, we're so annoying. Um, <laughs> my voice is kind of going out on that, but you know. Um, before we kick things off, well, one, I want to say a huge thank you to everybody who's watching us record this live on Twitch. Thank you. You too can watch us record live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Um Every Monday, 9 a.m. Pacific, um, 12 p.m. Eastern. And I'm laughing because we're recording this on Friday at 9.30. Uh, so, you know, make sure you tune in to make to check out what time we actually will be live. But after this month, it seems like we will be live at our usual time. Um, let's see. Kate, I have a fun fact for you that you already know, but it made me think of you. Okay, what? So I was listening to another a podcast that I listen to, and everyone, don't go click out and listen to this podcast instead. Stay here. Um, do you listen to Smartless? No. <gasps> uh, so Smartless is the Will Arnett, Jason Bateman, and oh. um, the other guy that used to be on Will and Grace podcast. I think yeah, you'd really... My mailman uncle is always telling me to listen to it. <laughs> it's really good. I mean, I pretty much... I only listen to... They always have a celebrity guest. I, I choose based on what the guest is. Um, mm-hmm. But it's an interview show, and it's fun because they are... Cele- the hosts are celebrities, and they're all good friends. And so I feel like their interviews, like, the guests are always... It sounds like listening in on, like, friends' conversations versus, like, a very, like, buttoned-up kind of um, interview. Uh, but they had Paul Thomas Anderson on and I just finished that podcast episode. I think you'd really like it. Um, and I had no idea he was married to Maya Rudolph. Listen, I don't love the man for no reason. Like what? Isn't that amazing? It made me love him even more. Like he's the best. What good. We already knew he had great taste, but like. What can you great imagine taste. if your parents are Maya Rudolph and Paul? Taylor? Well, they have like, four. Oh they have four kids. I peed next to his daughter <laughs> at the movie theater. Are they older? <laughs> like, how old are the kids? Uh, his daughter is like sixteen, and then the rest are younger. Oh, okay. Well, um, but she's like so beautiful. I'm like, good for you, sis. <laughs> like. <laughs> um yeah so i wanted to share that even though i knew it was information oh, wow. you already knew but I, it made me think of you the entire time that's not information that he's on that podcast because i listen to every single thing he goes on because i'm psychotic so no i definitely i highly suggest it's i mean it is it does take a second to get used to like because they mm-hmm. host all it's very unprofessional <laughs> like the hosts all kind of just talk over each other and sometimes they forget the guest is there and then they just like start talking about random shit and you're kind of just Why like is listening that unprofessional? To it's literally what we do on this <laughs> podcast all the time <laughs> yeah but editing when I they... was editing one of ours and I was like wow I, the topic doesn't start until like 40 minutes <sighs> in <laughs> Wow, you lucky listeners getting to listen in <laughs> on a friendship conversation. Um, I don't know. Did you have anything you wanted to catch up on before we, we dive well, into the yes. topic? Happy freaking birthday, belated. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, everybody. My birthday was on Friday. Can How I just... Was it? So it was like a topsy-turvy day, to be honest. Okay. But I was really... <laughs> it was a great day. It ended up being a great day. Okay. But I was really proud of myself because I feel like it highlighted how much I've grown as a person just like maybe not since last year but just like my trajectory has been really great um and i in high school even and it this is interesting because you knew me in high school so you can confirm this in high school i feel like i was a very like i liked everything planned i was not very flexible if that makes sense like it's like i kind of had in my head like this is what i'm doing this is the plan this is the schedule and when things don't didn't go as schedule I would get really stressed out and like kind of like antsy and I'm sure that came off a certain way I mean we all know people like that right I was one of those people and Monday just like everything went awry so I am shooting a show unfortunately I can't tell you guys what that show is really excited to tell you when I can but I was shooting this show and we weren't even supposed to shoot on Monday but like the interview that I was supposed to do was supposed to be today actually and they were like, oh, he like can only shoot on Monday. 
like and I was like okay that's fine like you know I wanted to take the day off but that's not really the production's problem to like work around my birthday that would have just been nice um and they were so apologetic they were like oh my gosh we're so sorry like it's your birthday like you have to work on your birthday and I was like it's really not a big deal it's fine uh like what time are we gonna wrap and wrapping means like what time am I getting off basically and they were like oh th like 3 30 and I was like oh great that literally makes no difference then because we have dinner reservations at like 5 15 and um have you ever been to Felix in Venice so it's this right I've never either because they do this stupid thing where they only let you make reservations a week in advance. So like if I wanted to eat there next Friday, I would have to like rush on, at Thursday at midnight going into Friday to like make the reservation. It's so stupid. And is it like a sought after restaurant? Yes. And it's very sought mm -hmm. after. It's like panned is one, some of the best Italian food in LA. And so it's just like this. Hey, wait, panned means bad. Wait, really? Universally panned? Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> sure been saying panned like it's universally like just like like a like universal like held opinion i didn't know it had a negative connotation wow that really sent me somewhere <laughs> that reminds me so i was writing this um i wrote this lab report and i like worked my ass off and i um because I like science does not come naturally to me, but I decided to major in science. So difficult. It was not fun. Anyways, I wrote this lab report and I was really tight with my lab professor. And <laughs> I started it off by saying something, whatever was detrimental to whatever, whatever. And he was like, Sydney, you like, I would have given you like basically like an A plus on this lab report. It was so good. But your opening sentence says that this thing was detrimental. And like the finding was that it's, really beneficial and i was like yeah it's detriment like it's like really important to blah blah he's like do you know what detrimental means <laughs> and i was like yeah it means that something's like integral like it's very important he was like no detrimental means it's like bad and i was so embarrassed i was like oh my gosh girl oh my god i mean <laughs> that's actually not to further pathologize you but that is a symptom of adhd but you don't you kind of use words like kind of chaotically because you're like it's kind of it's, it's there it's enough right it's like the remember when i got tested for adhd they kept asking me definitions of words and i was like i don't what like why are you asking me this and then i looked it up after and it's because we like approximate things yes. we're like oh yeah yeah like like panned i think the opposite of panned is praised i think it's like it's universally praised or it's universally, universally panned. panned. But so you kind of just were like, it's in one of them. It's, it's, it's like, it's just, it's, yeah, it's close enough. 50, 50%, so 55th. Um, but yeah, so I, oh, okay. So I had this, it's universally praised <laughs> as yeah. some of the best Italian food in LA. And I'll, t I'll let you know if, um, spoiler alert, we didn't go. So I'll let you know yeah. when I dine there in the future, whether or not that's true. But um, I get to my call time and I'm in the makeup chair and my producer comes up and she's like, hey, Sydney. Oh, you know what? I'm going to just like scoot around so I can see, like talk to you to your face, which, you know, is like kind of a bad thing because otherwise producers have no problem and it's not a good or a bad thing. But, you know, people are just talking it's like you don't need eye contact. And so she comes over and she's like, so it's about 1130 right now. And you were supposed to do the interview at 1145. Um, we just heard from his people and he is no longer available. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I just drove all the way out here. It, they, we do not shoot close to my home. Um, drove all the way out here for this and I canceled my workout. I'm not saying that, actually. I was just like, OK, uh, like, when are we going to shoot the interview then? She was like. Well, he's actually only available at 5 p.m. tonight. And I was like. Oh, OK. And they actually they were so great. Like they had one of the PAs call and cancel the reservation and like offered to reschedule it. And they ended up saying they wanted to pay for Alex and I to eat there at some point in the future. So like they were really apologetic. And it was just, you know, one of those things where it's like the timing didn't work out. And that's fine. But personal growth I was like you know what that's fine like I'll figure out what to do in the interim and like mm -hmm. it, it happens you know it's just like it happens 
And so I tell Alex and he's like, okay, okay, that's fine. Um, blah, blah, blah. So then I do my day. We shoot. The interview goes great. And then I drive home and turns out. So I have these friends and this is bittersweet, Kate, because you weren't there. But I've been hanging out with these girls and they threw me a surprise party which hang out with other people no i'm saying it's sad (laughs) because they didn't know you because you guys have never met and so you weren't able to be there but they did but they threw me a surprise party and alex just told them that like hey she's running late like she's gonna be earlier so they just like moved it up um and it was really sweet and so it was just like oh this is really nice so it ended up just working out and it didn't even matter that we didn't go to dinner and we're actually gonna go there in a bit anyways so it was a nice day that's good. I actually, that's so funny. I had to do a shoot on my birthday too. Oh. And it's the first year I was like, oh, I guess my birthday. Yeah, it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> it's <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like a it's really. Like the first year that I realized that. It's totally. a weird wake up when you're like, oh, wait, like, I don't matter. <laughs> I know. Um. So but yeah, so it was really great. And then uh, if you guys didn't know, Kate's birthday is coming up. So not that you care, but we're going to do a little. I just raise the roof. Gal oh extravaganza birthday double cell. Double celebration <laughs> in Pisces April. Pisces season. Pisces season, baby. Fish, fish, fish. Do you relate to being a Pisces? 1,000%. It's the best sign. I do too, okay? And I feel like, but I don't really believe in astrology. That's astrology, right? Mm-hmm. I get astrology and astronomy confused a lot. I'm becoming like a full crystals bitch. I don't really know why. It's just oh. really landing for me. Wait, I'd love to hear more. Why do you like, like, you actually, do you like carry crystals? No, but um, it's actually, I don't really want to get into it. Okay. But <laughs> well, it's because it's really, <clears throat> sorry, my voice is going out this morning. It's really unfounded and vague my association with like the the crystal movement new agey like whatever yeah but um so i would sound like an idiot if i talked about it but let's just say someone explained tarot to me when i was coming down off of an experience and i was like this it rocks and checks out (laughs) okay so like tarot i like don't understand Okay, and see, this is why, like, I'll try to explain it. And I can also just look it up not... if you're not comfortable explaining. Well, can I try to explain it? And yeah. You can tell me if okay. I'm right. Okay. So what it is is like it's a deck of cards that have. That's okay. I'm not gonna get into what the deck is, but basically, it's like you pull cards, and it tell it's vague. It's not fortune. It's not like supernatural. It's basically like you can. It'll say, like, this thing can happen to you. And you basically can manifest it as, like, a positive or a negative. Does that make sense? So, like, it's, like, a, it's just a way of, like, framing your perspective on, like, how you're going to move into the future. So it's kind of like... um that's probably a terrible well okay okay so no no no, because i think i'm getting to what you're getting to and if you're listening and you're like oh my gosh you guys talk about the topic this is interesting okay so this is the topic topic a <laughs> um okay. yeah so like it sounds like okay so there's the whole concept of like manifesting right which theoretically mm-hmm. you could choose like anything that you want to focus on and like manifest so are t- do tarot cards just kind of give you more direction in that that's how I was led to understand it. Is like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, just a way of like framing. Like, if you're given something, it's like, hey, like this might happen to you. You can. It's really vague, and so you can say like that. I could use that to my advantage and like do this, this, and this to like make that a good thing, or like it could be a bad thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a way of, like, storytelling to, like, help manifest a better future for yourself, is what I would say. It is. Interesting. Um, I've always been, like, freaked out by it, to be honest. 
but go ahead. I was too, but then someone did it for me and I was like, this fucking rocks. Like I was really into it. And, but I was also like, not necessarily like in the right mindset where I knew it was going on, but I'm, I'm thinking of getting into it because this guy that I love, Joe Dorowski, who's like that amazing filmmaker. Do you know him? No. Um, he made the Holy mountain and El Topo. He's like this crazy psychedelic. Oh, guy. we've talked about this. We talked about this. Yes. 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 He's like super, super into it and like lives by it. And I trust him. So, <laughs> um, and he loves cats. So what oh, are you going to do? Okay. You got to trust people that love cats. You really do. I had, a, there was a really big discussion at my house about how dogs are better than cats. And I really got upset and had to stand up and lecture people with my little finger. You like know, this. I support that because I don't agree with it at all. One, I, I think that people who feel the need to assert that dogs are better than cats just shows off the bat. Like, I feel like cat people don't generally stand up and go, cats are better, everyone. Because people yeah. who, like, are on the vibe and able to connect with cats, just, like, that's not, it's not the vibe. Yeah. Well, it's just, like, they're, A, they're different animals. And B, personally, my argument for cats is, like, it's a way more deep relationship because cats rely on trust so much mm -hmm. that it's, like, Ernie is literally my guy. Like yes. he would die for me. Yeah. So maybe probably not, but like he gives the best snuggles. So. Yes. Better than a dog, I have to say. No, I agree. I think that people, sorry, everybody who's listening to this, if you're a dog person, I think people who like are so convicted about dogs are better than cats like cats are just bitchy, like like controlling people and think that control and love are the same thing. 1000%. I said it. I said it. Okay. Um, but we don't have to yeah. get into that. So, do, okay. Let's, did yeah. you want to talk about Should your topic? Gonna... <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'd love to. Oh, great. Um, let me pull it up. And I have a very detailed image guide that I, I know. I noticed you sent you. me quite a few images. And just a reminder, um, everybody, if you're like, images, what? We put the mm -hmm. whole video recording up on YouTube if you want to check it out that way. Otherwise, the images do show up on our image guide, which is on our Instagram. Um, and that's shut up, keep going, all one word. So if you want to follow along um, or just peer into kind of what were the additive visual bonuses, you can. Yay. Okay, everyone. So we've been reading the news. It's been a little depressing. But something fun in the news that I've seen recently, Ooh. which a lot of people probably know this. So like, just be along for the recap ride with me. But there is a fun twist at the end that is not being covered in the news. Um, and this is about the discovery of the shipwreck endurance, which come on, don't we love it, folks? We, we love, love it. love when we discover ships. It's the cool. I don't know why. It's just like so exciting i think in general anytime we do something with the ocean that's positive it's yeah, exciting I'm just like wow look i think ocean, it's more exciting than space if i'm honest 1000 percent, because the ocean is like with us like it's like it's finite so we know it's there but it's like almost infinite because you know it's like so fucking big yeah and and unknown ugh, untapped i just, I, just... I really got like goosebumps when i read this because i just love this shit also, can we admit that the beginning of National Treasure is like one of the best movie openings? <laughs> you know what? I stand with that. You know I'll co-sign. I mean? I'll co-sign. It's just like when he's on that freaking boat and like, although he does destroy it, which makes me kind of mad, but like. Wait, that's no. so funny. So that's similar to the um, Uncharted movie, which I'm going to just take a venture to guess that you haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> but so Uncharted, they like, I guess, spoiler alert, light spoiler alert for um, the Uncharted movie if you haven't seen it already. But uh, they have, there's this point where they, like the whole thing is they're looking for the... I think it's like Magellan's ships or something like really ancient ships and they find them. And then like, there's one point where it's like, they're like flying through the air and um, cause they're being hoisted, like to be transported and they're just like hitting rocks. They're hitting each other. One sinks in the ground and like, they do make comments. They're like, Oh my gosh, it kind of hurts me. Cause this ship is like worth so much 
in and of itself. But it's just like so funny to me that the whole movie, they're like, we need these. And then they find it and they're just like beating the shit out of them. (laughs) (laughs) That's like my favorite episode of Spongebob of all time is when he's on the Flying Dutchman and he's trying to get it through the rocks and he's like you're good you're good and it's just like <laughs> destroyed by the rocks spongebob holds uh, up man it's so dude, SpongeBob good spongebob rocks what an amazing show <gasps> speaking of the ocean speaking of amazing shows though dude okay sorry i'm not trying to like destroy us and destroy <laughs> the tangents okay but like this does need to be talked about is kate recommended that i started watching curb your enthusiasm i don't think it was actually on a podcast that she recommended it but she did recommend it to me i started watching it alex and i are obsessed we're on like season three now such a good wreck but isn't it we just watched this episode last night dude where i like i like had to take a lap like i stood up and was just like I couldn't even walk. I was like crawling around, just like trying <laughs> to walk it off. But it's the episode where um, they lose their chef for the restaurant that they're opening. And... I haven't seen. I haven't seen like all of them. <gasps> I haven't seen that one. Kate, I have to watch that. It's so fucking funny. I'm gonna try to explain it, but it's still worth watching because I'm not. It's I'm not gonna do it justice. But so if you guys don't know, Curb Your Enthusiasm is like it follows Larry David who is one of the creators of Seinfeld. It's on HBO Max. And it's just like, he just like gets himself in these weird situations and is like he's kind of- chaos. He's full chaos, full chaos. And um, so this episode, it's like his wife's tennis partner is like, like it's just, it is kind of like an, not an interesting relationship, but you know those relationships. I mean, I have them where I'm like really close friends with like men and they're single and like i'm obviously married and it's not that but there isn't any like sexual energy there but it's just like you know kind of sometimes it's like it's 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 something that you need to have like clear boundaries on and it can be sticky for some Mm -hmm. people and Mm -hmm. um so it's one of those types of relationships with her and her tennis partner and so there's that going on there's that larry learns that you can put club soda and um, salt on a stain and like rub it out and then it gets the stain out. And then at some point in the, in the episode, um, he, they're shopping at this like home goods spot and the sales associate is being really like, she's just following Larry around, like trying to like help him. And he's like, please stop following me. Like, I don't want to buy anything. I am just browsing, like stop following me. And then the tables turn. Cause when they're driving, they're driving behind this woman. He really pisses the woman off by the way, when he says that to her. So they're driving <laughs> away and they happen to be driving behind this woman to the point where she calls the cops and has them pull them over. And is like, this man's stalking me. Like he's following me to get back at me. So he thinks I was following him around at like the store I work at and da 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 da. And so she's freaking out on him. And then she's like, my husband's going to like beat you up basically like whatever, whatever. So you forget about that. And then later on, they're at this restaurant and it's Larry, his wife, and then his wife's tennis partner. Don't ask how that happened, but they're all at the restaurant. Right. And Larry's holding a glass of wine and the woman from the store's husband walks up and pushes him he spills his glass of wine on his wife all over her chest and then the friend gets up and is like club soda and salt and so like he throws the club soda on her and is just like rubbing her boobs in front of larry because he's trying to get the stain out and it's just i probably just did the worst explanation like if you don't if you haven't seen that episode you have no idea what i'm talking about totally worth watching it's somewhere in the beginning of the third season of the show hysterical just yeah every it's like the best plotted comedy too it's just like everything comes back like and every episode i forget that that's kind of the structure so i'm always like that person's back it's gonna fuck shit up with larry (laughs) larry's just like an american prophet like he really is (laughs) he is like i love the man so much it reminds me the like writing structure reminds me of like condensed arrested development yeah. Like, if you really think about, like, the comedic timing of Arrested Development, just, like, overall plot devices and narratively how they go back to a lot of things, it feels like maybe, like, a full season arc of Arrested Development condensed into, like, what are they, like, 30, 40-minute episodes? Yeah. Yeah, I just love them because it's it's so 
it's like vaguely realistic but also like really it's like a circus and the freaking yes. music makes me laugh so hard the music I, the I don't know who did the music on that but it's so good it's like 1960s and 1970s italian comedy scores <laughs> which incredible <laughs> amazing yeah. uh but anyways i'm sure larry would probably hate boats yeah he larry's not about boats um the man and he would like not that. be an ice explorer let's just say Larry would not survive that. Although he's ex- so. he's pretty lively for being. How yeah, old whatever. is he? Not to be rude or anything, know. but I'm surprised. Based on how old he looks in those seasons and knowing those seasons were filmed a long time ago, I feel like I'm like kind of surprised he's like still working and like kicking. Larry David. I just looked up Larry Sultan. Wrong Larry. Um, He's 74. I still feel like oh. he's so interesting because he has, you know, he's bald and has white hair, but like something about him is so lively and young yeah no i I, I would agree with that but also i like (laughs) something about the seasons between season two and three um he looks much older in season three for some reason even though i there's not i can't put my finger on it alex and i were talking about it and so now all of a sudden the age gap between him and his wife looks like very exaggerated like it kind of looks like she could be his daughter (laughs) yeah they're a funny couple. They are very oh funny. God. She's very patient. <laughs> There's Cheryl. many times when I'm like, oh my gosh, if Alex ever tried to pull that shit, I would freak out. Like, I would freak divorce out. him. I would be gone. <laughs> he is kind of like Caleb. I feel like Caleb will be like that when he's older. But anyways. Anyways. All right. Let's get into let's it. Get into- I don't have a good uh, segue. But okay. Back to the freaking endurance. We discovered it. Sid rip that first picture. Yahoo! Check that her. out. Look at that. That's so Beautiful. cool. So um they discovered this ship. It was discovered after 106 years. Wow. Uh it was had been crushed that. in packed ice and sank during an exploration by the explorer Ernest Shackleton. And this guy is crazy. We're going to learn Ernest about him. Ernest is crazy? Erne- Ernest Gosh. like absolutely went off in the ice, let's just say. Like, I would rather explore this ship than an alien ship, if I'm honest. 1,000%. Like, this is so... Because it's like an alien ship. I don't know how to relate it, to it emotionally. But also, this it, this is alien. You know? Like, look at this shit. I know. And, like, all the, like, sea creatures that have attached themselves to it, I just... Ugh. That's why I have to say the visuals of Pirates of the Caribbean 2 with the Flying Dutchman are like chef's kiss because you love to see it. Remember when when the guy's like part of the ship? I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so a team of adventurers, marine archaeologists, and technicians located this wreck at the bottom of the Weddell Sea, which is Weddell? Weddell? Who's to say? Do the Weddells Um, own? I feel like they own a deli also. They probably do. They, they have a vast network. Um, you don't mess with them. I'll say that much because they'll sink your goddamn ship. Um, but they sink the ship. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's their fake conspiracy. Um, east of the Antarctic Peninsula. Um, and they discovered it with these freaking underwater drones. Um, if you go to the next picture, we'll see another sick shot. of. Look at that. You can Dude. see the ship. It's, you love to see it. Wow. Um, I know. Uh, Look, you can see like the wood grain. Also, everyone who's listening, this is bad radio. I'm sorry. Um, but also check these out on our Instagram, please. So sick. Yeah, they're on our Instagram. We're looking at the photo of the ship with its name like even the stars on it you love to see it well and i like how it's like this sea anemone has like claimed this territory as its own it's just so sick yeah so these pictures were taken with the the sea drones yeah and then i think the next picture should be the drone yes look at that thing i was picturing like a like a small drone It's like kind of a big guy. I guess, like I guess it would be hard to use a small one, right? Because like it would need to be able to, yeah. The like tides Now that we have stuff. drones, I mean, that's sticky territory. But it's cool that we can like go really crazy places underwater now that we have this technology. Agreed. That's agreed. really exciting to me. Um, the UFOs are underneath our waters. Let's just say that much. Um, so... Uh, this ship, 
uh, was discovered after more than two weeks of searching in a 150 square mile radius um, from when the ship went down in 1915. Because kind of good news, uh, I'm pretty sure I everyone survived. Which is oh, kind of sick. Yeah. I want to, I'm saying pretty sure because that's what I've read. And I'm sure maybe one or I don't know, maybe someone died, but I'm pretty sure everyone lived, which is really exciting because usually it's really depressing. Yeah. Like, and they all died. Especially in 1915. Um, that's impressive. And, and it's a really, so I'm going to talk about the ship and then I'm going to talk about the rescue operation because it's really interesting. Um, so this ship, the Endurance, was a 144-foot, three-masted wooden ship. So it's like one of those old... I think there's another picture of it in the ice. Um, look at that crazy-ass thing. That It's also very pretty. And I'm not like a person that's like, ships, yum. But it's no, very I'm, I'm beautiful. I'm on board with this ship. It's so beautiful. Um, and so it... Uh, was battling sea ice and freezing temperatures um and it basically got stuck in the ice and like had a slow like decline into <laughs> sinking um oh, geez. and i wonder at what it, point when you're stuck in ice were they like hey we gotta get out of here oh we're gonna get into that oh, okay, okay. Get into that so um it, it its final sinking place was ten thousand feet underwater um in like the coldest water in the freaking planet and um it's like one of the most celebrated shipwrecks ever discovered and this just happened which is so cool um and so uh menson bound who is the exhibition's exploration director menson bound what a great name good for him wait that's the man's name like first name menson last name bound yeah good for him he is the exploration director and a marine archaeologist, which has to be one of the coolest jobs of all time. Um, he's discovered many shipwrecks, but he says this is the one of the finest he's ever seen because it's in an insane state of preservation. Um, and that's likely because of the cold water and the mm. lack of wood-eating marine organisms. Oh. So it's basically just like pretty well-preserved down there, except for the little sea and who like were like new house um so it was the ship's final resting place was four miles south of its last location um that was recorded by ernest shackleton's navigator frank worsley and um this the initial search was like really broad because they were like oh maybe it you know maybe he didn't know like exactly where they left off kind of him yeah turns out he was right. It was four miles. Um, so the wreck is intact, meaning like most of the ship is like how it was. Um, the most damage was to the mast and the rigging, which are like this things that go up. This part, <laughs> yeah. Um, and there had been some damage to the hole, but most of the ship is in one piece. Um, and so these cool ass drones scanned the seafloor twice a day for about six hours and they used sonar um to like scan the seabed to see if there's anything coming up from it um and once it was located they swapped out that for like more high res cameras so they could get Mm -hmm. like super good images of it and that's how we have those like crazy pictures um And so apparently under the Antarctic Treaty, it's a six decade old pact uh, meant to protect the region. The wreck is considered a historical monument. And so we can't like touch it or like Like bring it it. up. So basically we're just taking a shitload of images and video so we can make uh, educational materials for museums and they're probably gonna make a documentary, which I will watch. Very cool. Um, so what happened to the ship? I yeah. know we're all wondering. So this picture actually was taken when it was stuck in the ice because there's a photographer on board, which wow. is the reason why we have all these, we'll have these crazy images that you'll see as the story unfolds. Um, so Ernest Shackleton left England aboard the Endurance with a crew of 27 in 1914, which 
I just have to say, the fact that we had ships like this working in 1914 is so crazy to me. <laughs> Wait, like, but 1914 wasn't, like, that long ago. I know. Isn't that so crazy that, like, these ships were, like, still being used then? Like, marine tech or, like, boating technology has gotten so advanced. It's, like, kind of sick. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it can really confuse my brain just, like, thinking about Because, like, 1914, so my grandma isn't 100, but she's in her 90s or almost 90 yeah. and it's like that like was really close to 1914 that like wasn't that long ago i know i think my grandma was born in 1927 or 29 which is like and then just think about the things that like she saw as like reality is so so crazy yeah respect and to your elders man now we're video we're chatting our stories uh yeah talking about like recording it to the internet and talking about the ship we found under underwater weird nothing will be underwater in our day so i'll be on the internet <laughs> just kidding i know, probably will um anyways okay two, two, two. so he was headed for the weddell sea um which was meant to be the starting point for an attempt for him and a small party to cross antarctica like over the land yeah the land ice which i mean that's crazy i just antarctica is like such a like it's like hurts my brain to think about because it's just like down there and it's just ice i mean but it's, it's not gonna like a... fall off you say it's down there like it's like dangling. i mean it's just like such <sighs> an interesting it's just like this ice thing on the bottom of our globe and it's like purgatory basically right yeah that's where they uh you know in lost when they would die that's where they actually were were in antarctica is that true i never watched the show no (laughs) no everybody the whole thing when everybody was watching was they were like oh the whole plane died and they were all they're all just in purgatory oh i like that theory or like we don't like that i don't know what is your thoughts on that i mean I, like, don't want to say too much because I don't like spoiling it because I think it's a show worth watching, at least, like, the first, like, five, six seasons. Um, But I feel like it would have been fine. They wrote themselves into a corner, right? Because it's, like, the purgatory thing just, like, didn't feel satisfying after a certain point. Yeah, because it's, like, okay. But sure. they, I Sorry, spoilers. Um, they weren't on Antarctica the whole time. I'm sorry to be the one to, okay. to break Why the news. I wouldn't have even thought of that. um so this era 1914 was kind of the end of what was known as the heroic age of antarctic exploration um which included treks by norwegian roald roald amundsen who in 1911 was the first to reach the pole which is kind of crazy that that's like not that long ago and that's the first time that we reached the pole of antarctica did we know that um, that was there the whole time or did we d- both discover and reach it at the same time? Like, did he, was he like, was it this thing kind of like everybody's trying to get to the pole or? I think we knew, I'm not totally sure, but I don't really know what they thought else. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what else they thought it was. Yeah. I think it was, it was more of like a feat of like, that's crazy that we got to that this. That we did that. Um. And then uh, Robert Scott, sorry, Robert Falcon Scott, who was a famous British Antarctic explorer, died trying to reach it a month later. So he didn't make it. So a lot of business was happening in Antarctica. It was really exciting. Everyone wanted in on it, including our boy, Ernest. I'm forgetting his last name. Shackleton. That's his last name. Shackleton. So uh lost my place okay so uh when the ship so the ship took off from england made its way down to antarctica and as it first encountered ice um the it kind of slowed its journey a little bit they're like no but like it's good like we're still gonna get there like it's fine until they finally reached the weddell sea and then it was like not 
happening. They were just like, there's so much ice that they were. Because if you think about it, it's just like ice is kind of floating off the continent. Mm -hmm. And so as you get closer to it, you're just like battling these like floating pieces of ice. Um, And I learned what this meant, which is an ice flow which is basically unattached ice that's just floating in the sea. But like, as you get close, I guess a thing to consider when you're doing polar explorations is like those start to get more and more dense and then you can just get stuck, even though you're technically in the ocean. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. It's almost like the so liquid like- space like runs out. Yeah. Because it's yeah. just like solid it's like, water instead. Yeah. Ice. But they're not like attached to anything. It's just because it's so freaking cold that like there's just a shitload of ice. There. Yeah. Um, and so um, in on January 19th, 1915, the endurance became frozen in an ice flow. flow. It's F-L-O-E. Um, don't know how to... Flow? like aloe flow yeah i feel like it'd be like flow, um, like aloe. and they're like yeah shit but they're like oh we'll probably like be able to get out it's gonna be fine but then all right so that was january 19th february 24th so almost a they month later realized i don't know if we're gonna get out of this you guys like it was basically like a month yeah um and so they Shackleton ordered the abandonment of the ship's routine, making the ship a winter station. So it's like no longer a ship. It's basically like a, a floating cabin. Okay. <gasps> that sucks for them, but sure. Um, so I guess they weren't panicked yet. They're like, this is all good. Part of the plan. Um, and so as this is happening, the ship is slowly, slowly, slowly drifting um, north through, with the ice as the ice is shifting oh. um, for the following months. Okay, like they're on this for so long. And so when spring arrived in September, because remember, this is the southern hemisphere. So it's flopped for Flip-flop. us northern hemisphere people. Um, the ice uh, started breaking, which you think would be good, but this actually was really bad because it's kind of breaking apart the ship. Oh, especially I'm sure if it's like so integrated with the ice at that point because it's been stuck there from like multiple yeah, months. Yeah, it's just like, a... yeah. So he, up until that point, Shackleton thought that the ship could be released with the ice as it like warms up. Um, and that they could make their way back to like a land, but yeah, that didn't happen. So on October 24th, so this first happened in January. So it's like been a long ass time in October water began pouring in on the ship. And after a few days, Shackleton was like, yeah, we got to abandon ship a few um, days. It takes said, that long. She's for... going down. Wait, it's, it takes that long. To also love to hear. For a ship to go down? Like, multiple days? Yeah. I thought this happens, like, over the course of, like, an wasn't... hour. I think that's just when you get the Kraken. Oh. Uh, <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I think this is, like, this is because it was frozen, and it's just, like, little leaks are happening everywhere. Okay, okay. It's not, like, it's like know, a slow there's decay. a hole or something. Like, a big that hole. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that happens, yeah, if it's like a big hole. It's like a more extreme situation. So um they all the people, the men, the provisions, the equipment were taken off the ship because it's literally just like ice all around them. And on uh November twenty first, the wreck had finally slipped below the surface. So like a month later, basically the ship was disappeared. So this is the part that just blows my mind this the rest of the story um go to the next picture Sid I kind of forget this but I think oh that's Ernest Shackleton our boy look Ernest. at him look at him I like his hat yeah it's like half um, like cowboy hat like half like um top hat 
Yeah, it's nice. Wow. Very a man of mystery. Um, you actually take this down for a second. We'll get there. Um, so they are off the ship. And for two months, I just can't, I, I can barely stay outside for an entire afternoon without feeling exhausted. So this just really is wild to me. They camped on a large flat piece of ice, a flow, just a floating piece of ice for two months. Did they have like blankets and tents? What the heck? Yeah, they had provisions, but just like, it can't be that comfortable. (laughs) Can you imagine how tired you must be at the end of that? Yeah, did they have... Do you think they had anxiety? I'm sure. I forget. I always forget that, like, anxiety and, like, mental health, like, things existed when I listened to, like, historical tellings. Like, I feel like my brain is like, oh, this is, like, new. Like, this started in, like, the 2000s. But then you realize that it's like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, the... Like, imagine what... what, What's his name? Ernest must have been feeling. Like, he must have been so anxious. He must have been, like, uh... I think maybe because, like, the situation is so extreme, they probably shut down and are just like, all right, we just gotta for get For that this. long, though? I just feel like it's, like, for, like, prolonged... I guess you totally can, but you're, like, gonna be so fucked up when you're, like, kind of I back know. to reality and your body's able to be like, oh, wait, we're safe. Well, most of these people were, so... <laughs> I feel like... I don't know. That's a overstatement but yeah i don't i am so curious what people were thinking i didn't really find that much info about like people's recollections of it um so that won't really be contained in this but um i think it's fun to it's fun to guess what people were thinking um so they were hoping that this piece of ice would drift towards this island which was 250 miles away um, they were hoping they did <laughs> yeah they're like probably like maybe this will get there and um i guess some like business occasionally happened there like other ships passed by so they're like all right like this this could work um but yeah that didn't happen so after failed attempts to march across the ice cuz it's just basically like an ice field of floating ice it's not but it's not land. It's like super interesting because it's it is the ocean, but it's just a bunch of floating ice. So they were like, "All right, we're gonna try to like cross this floating ice to get to land." Um, but that didn't happen. Um, so then he was like, "All right, let's find a different piece of floating ice to set up a more permanent camp, like a better piece of ice, I guess." Okay. And maybe that will get us to safety. So um, it kind of worked because on St. Patrick's Day, 17th of March, a year and month after they initially were trapped, um, their ice camp was within 60 miles of Paulette Island, which is basically like uh, the tip of South America. It's like below that. Um, that's where we're talking. And was that where they were hoping that their flow would float to? Yeah, they were hoping it would get close to there. So, um, he's not wrong. This kind of worked for him. Spoiler alert. But, um, so on April 9th, this flow that they were camping on (laughs) broke into two. (laughs) Wow, the luck here. "Ah, You guys, uh. Let's get on to the lifeboats. I guess they were trying to preserve their lifeboats because when they were so far away, they're like, there's no way we'll, like, survive if yeah. we get on the boats. Like, we'll just continue to be stuck in ice. So he's like, all right, get onto the boats. We're going to reach land. Um, Wait, sorry. So- I, this is – so they crashed in February. Yeah, 1915. And then this you is- said October. Is this the next year? This is the next year. Okay, okay. How do they have that much provisions? That's my question. Yeah. I don't understand. I mean, I guess it would have depended on... Granted, they had already made it to Antarctica, and that was their journey. I guess they would have had enough to go to Antarctica and then go back, right? Yeah, so they probably had, like, a lot. Quite a bit. Just, it's so crazy to me. It, it was good that it sounds like they were well-stocked, though. Yeah. 
So thank God. Always be well stocked. I guess that's the lesson. Always be prepared. Um, so he was like, get on the boats. We're going to split apart on these ice things if we don't. So they get on the boats. And after five days at sea on these tiny ass boats, they reach this place called Elephant Island, which is 346 miles from where their ship sank. So they've wow. traveled pretty far. Yeah. Wait, um, how do you think they use the bathroom on those ships? They just peed over for sure. Oh, I guess they're all men. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think even women, you would just kind of squat over, right? It just sounds dangerous if it's like a small boat and I actually have... try not to like capsize. I have a really sad story that I be how I know women go over pee over the bit ship. We grew up with this woman who was one of my mom's friends who escaped to Vietnam and she had this crazy story about her family being on a like a little boat trying to escape. And wow. she was like she was like the worst part was just like having to go to the bathroom. You tried to hold it for as long as possible because when you had to go over, you would lose your seat until the next person decided that they finally had to go. So you just had to like stand on the boat. It was so sad. Jeez. But anyways, <laughs> I don't really have a good segue. Um, but she survived and she's a very successful pharmacist um, where I grew up. So Big good fan. Good, good for, for Mrs. Vaughn. Um, okay. So they finally reached Elephant Island after five days in their lifeboats, um, which is, like I said, 340 miles away from where their, their boat initially sank. And Okay, this is the first time they stood on solid ground for 497 days. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, wow, they really did endure. They sure did. Their ship did not lie. And Shackleton, I mean, I don't know if this is propaganda or if like he really was a great guy, but it, it's said it's been said that he was so concerned for his men that he gave his mittens to photographer frank hurley who's the guy who has taken all these pictures um who has lost his during the boat journey and shackleton suffered frostbitten fingers as a result of giving his mittens away do you like think so this photo of him was like a thank you gift he's like hey man he's like, I'll sorry take, about like, the frostbite but like picture of you i'll take a badass picture of you and i'll like I crop mean, out your hand right yeah like, i mean i don't know what the other guy looks the picture like of him and i think he's like a cool guy so I mean, I'm sure fingers, he did. So. He did it. He was like, some lady, some bitch in 2022 is gonna look at this picture and be like, "I'm a cool guy," and that's gonna make it all worth it. And that's all good. Yeah, it's all we can hope for, really. <laughs> um, so Elephant Island, which is where they landed, was super inhospitable, even though it technically was an island, mm -hmm. and it was really far from shipping routes. Um, and did I send you? I didn't send you this, which I will send now. So I, this is not the Elephant Island, but they got to Elephant Island because they were hoping to get to uh, the distant South Georgia whaling station, which is right there. So wait, which sorry, orient us. I'm not sure which one it is. It's one of those islands. Okay, basically. got it. Okay. Um. So they were like all the way down in Antarctica. They got pretty far. Like that's pretty far. Um, but Elephant Island is, sorry, 70, 700 miles away from those islands, which is where they were like, if we get there, then I think we oh, could okay. maybe be good. Oh, that's um, so far. Yeah, Elephant Island, I think, is still pretty much Antarctica. So he was like, ah, I think we got to do it. So he decided to risk an open boat journey for 720 miles to the South Georgia whaling station where he knew that help was there. So one of the strongest lifeboats was a tiny 20 foot boat called the James Card after the expedition's chief sponsor. And the ship's carpenter, Harry McNish, 
made various improvements, including raising the size, strengthening the keel, and making a makeshift deck of wood and canvas, um, and sealing it with oil paint and seal blood. Um, So they could make this ship. And that's that next picture. That's the James card. Um, Can you imagine? Wow. I'm just like crazy. And so he chose five companions for the journey. I wrote their names down, but it's really just going to go over our heads. So he chose five people to go with him. um, And they set out and he refused to pack a bunch like more supplies than four weeks because he was like listen if we don't make it in four weeks like we're dead and we shouldn't take more food from the people that are trying that because they had to leave people on that frozen yeah. island because they all could well, wait go. i thought they were on elephant island at this point yeah sorry elephant island the frozen elephant island okay they had to leave behind uh, 22 people, I believe it was. That's kind of um, nice, so though. Like, that... we'll, we'll take as much provisions. That's kind of nice, though, that there was, like, 20 people they were leaving behind versus, like, imagine if it was, like, okay, we're taking five and then there's, like, three left over. Yeah. Because if there were, if I was one of the three left, I was like, yeah, I'm going to die. This is done like, for me. it's not happening. <laughs> um, so at least it's, like, a nice community. Yeah, it's a little, <laughs> little village. So... Uh, the James card was launched on 24th of April, 1916. So like literally like a month and, or sorry, a year and six months after they've been sunk. Oh my gosh. And during the next 15 days, it sailed through the frozen ocean. Um, it was at the mercy of storming seas. I think I have an illustration that kind of gives a vibe check on this guy the next picture this or this one yeah (laughs) the the one the one before so imagine that for literally 15 days um and they were in constant peril of capsizing because the ocean's really rough um down there and on may 8th uh they reached the cliffs of south georgia crazy insane thanks to the guy's navigational skills um worstly who the guy when they discovered endurance this year they were like he might not have been right but seems like this guy knew his shit yeah geez props to him um but the thing is so they found they reached the island but there was hurricane type wind that met them that made them unable to land for a while. And so they had to ride out the storm in their boat offshore and they were in constant danger of being smashed against the rock. At what point do you just get out and swim? That's, I I think, that's what I always thought. I'm always like, okay, I would survive a shipwreck because like I can swim pretty well. But I think when the ocean is so choppy, you're just like gonna drown. That's just like gonna happen. Yeah. Okay. Which okay. Is, I'll accept that. That I makes sense. Riptide. I think I haven't like seen for my own eyes like what a really choppy ocean looks like. So it's like hard to comprehend. But I think it's just like hell. Yeah. It's like a watery hell. I accept that. Um, so they do survive this only to later learn this is how they must have felt like such badasses because they learned that this same hurricane had sunk a 500 ton ton steamer nearby. Meanwhile, their little dinky <laughs> ship is They're like, wow, we got this, guys. wow, um, the ingenuity so they got there they had to rest and recuperate because they were pretty beaten up by this um and instead of risking another sea journey to get to the other side of the island because that's where they needed to be there's actually nothing on this side of the island which is just like of course um they he was like all right we're gonna have to cross it through land and they didn't really have any land supplies so they kind of made do by putting screws into their boots to be climbing boots 
Um, and they had about 50 feet of rope to help them scale these like really intense cliffs. I feel like I'm exhausted for them at this point. Like I'm so tired. <laughs> oh my gosh. These people. So he traveled with uh, two other people, I believe. Um, he left the navigator on the side, the... Oh, no, no, no. He took the navigator. Sorry. He took the navigator. You say that seems like a guy he, you'd want. But he left three other people on the other side. He's like, we'll be back, guys. Don't worry. Um, and they climbed the mountainous terrain for 36 hours and finally reached a whaling station, Stromness, on May 20th. Wow. Ooh, we got there, Wow. Boys. So, um... In 1955, right, another person crossed this situation, like climbed the situation that he did. Um, it was a British explorer, Duncan Carse, and he was he wrote, "quote I don't know how they did it, except that they had to. Three men of the heroic age of exploration with 50 ro- feet of rope between them." Um, he's just like completely blown away that they were able to do this. Well, and if you remember that it's like, they're not normal people that have just like been able to recuperate. Like they have been living on like ice camping basically for like over a year at this point. Like you have to be so beat up. He said that they like were so like skinny and like they had gotten so tan because you know how like the snow makes you like it's even brighter yeah so they just were like really crazy looking wow um and so when he got there he immediately had a boat go pick up the other three guys um and then he set to work to try to organize a rescue of the people back on elephant island the people on the island that's right the like 20 something so after three attempts that were all moot because of these freaking ice flows. Um, he finally got to appeal to the Chilean government, which offered the use of a tugboat um, called the Yelko. And it finally reached the island on August 30th, 1916, um, which the men had been isolated there alone for four and a half and he evacuated all 22 men um and they after a lot of sailing back they finally reached valapriz chile where crowds greeted them back and so they all freaking survived and that's wild we discovered their ship so they really endured, let's just say. They, they stuck endured. to the name. They, they endured. stuck to their branding. Oh my so, gosh, though. Right? And so that's, the, yeah, that's the story of the endurance. I have been reading it, but I didn't really know, like, what happened. And so yeah. that's, I wanted to share that because I'm not sure if everyone knew what the big deal with this ship was. I did not know what the big deal. I assumed it was just, like, a preserved ship, but I didn't realize that jeez i just i'm like really in shock and awe of just like what like how do you survive that none of them died the resilience of the group like oh my gosh i know oh wait go to the next picture i think this is um oh so that's them reaching the south georgian island where they were gonna rest their have a little vacation um not sure how comfortable it was and then go to the next one. This is like, it's actually is a fake picture. It's come out that it's doctored, but this is a imagining of what it was like when they came back and saved the people from Elephant Island. Wow. Um, can you imagine? That would be so exciting. Oh my I bet gosh. that's pure joy though. Like I bet like, even though that's probably gotta be like, so much pain and toil that like, having like seeing something on the horizon that's going to save you must feel like fully religious oh i'm <laughs> sure must be, like change but also how do they integrate themselves back into society you know like do you think it's like they come back and then they're like okay well now i gotta get another job so like well what's crazy is i didn't research too much more but i know that he literally like was involved in world war one and then he had involvement 
Shackleton, and then he had involvement in the Russian Revolution. Wow. And, like, he just, like, went on to do more stuff, but I did read somewhere. I didn't write it down. He had kind of a hard time adjusting back that he was kind of angsty. Because, I mean, how could you, like, how, yeah, I bet everything seems like really trivial after you've been. Yeah. I wonder how many times they thought they were going to die. Probably like every 15 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Jeez. Wow. Well, the endurance. I I recently heard the story of this guy who was. fishing off of um Baja in Mexico and he floated to the South Pacific after his ship went off course. Maybe I'll do that one as another Dude, but like, boats, cra- ocean, just all of it. What? Yeah, crazy stuff. Wow. But at least this one this is a survival story. Usually it's the other way. So. I know I don't know that we've ever had a survival story on this podcast. It's usually like it's usually the opposite of a survival story. Wim Hof. Well, Wim Hof wasn't really that was such. Don't even bring that episode up. That was a bad episode. It was literally me being like this. Di- this guy fucking breathes funny, man, and he like <laughs> can get really cold. <laughs> yeah. But wow. Okay, man. Well, thanks. That was amazing. And congratulations yeah, to the the crew of Endurance. Congratulations to everyone around. Yeah, I feel like I have to like applaud. Goodness, that's I know. It's like good job, everybody. Go humans! We we did something, guys. We survived. The resilience, the leadership. It's impressive. And then we found the boat, so that's great. Yeah. All right. Well, Well, thank you, everyone. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Don't forget new episodes every Friday. We put the video up on YouTube. If you made it this far without seeing any of the pictures, the pictures are wild. So please go to our Instagram. Shut up. Keep going. All one word to check those out. Um, And we typically record live um, over on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Sid So Good around like 9.15 a.m. Pacific and whatever the Eastern conversion of that time is. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.